Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hey, I'm your host, James Bell, and I am thrilled to share the studio today with Ayush Thakur and Demi Ewan, who are the co-founders of Freight Relay. It's a Bentonville-based startup that is transforming long-haul trucking. Ayush and Demi, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you bet. Well, fire up the engine. <laughs> Let's start this drive. Uh, what would you each like the Bentonville Beacon audience to know about you? We are here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we... We are a small uh, startup company uh, based in Northwest Arkansas. Love the area. Just working to establish our careers and uh, to build our life here. And, you know, we bought a house here. So just chugging along. I don't know what, <laughs> what else to add to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Demi? Um, just that we're really excited to um, have found Bentonville. We, you know, before before coming, we had no idea, you know, what a treasure was here. So we're excited. Wonderful. We're going to talk about that. Talk about First Freight Relay. Who is your customer? What's that problem that you're really passionate about solving? And how are you doing it? Yeah. So Freight Relay is, uh, is a technology product that is built around a patent that I hold. And uh, the concept is fairly simple to grasp. And it is essentially that instead of uh, moving long haul cargo using one truck and one driver, you can do that using multiple trucks and multiple drivers. Now people say, why are you overcomplicating this? The reality is that the way it's done today, uh, where one driver picks up the cargo, goes to a loading dock, parks the trailer, loads up the cargo, moves it to the final destination and drops it off, that could take that driver depending on the distance and, you know, time, it could take the driver two days to finish that one load and trying to find something uh, paid to come back home may not be possible. So that driver is on the road for weeks and months at a time while the cargo, you know, when the driver is driving, it at a gas station when the driver is sleeping, it's the cargo is resting when it doesn't need any rest and so is the equipment. So the, the objective is, for our product, for our company, is to increase efficiency in in the way long-haul trucking is done. Our uh, beneficiaries would be everyone involved in the value chain, including truck drivers, uh, equipment owners, and uh, cargo owners, of course, you know, perishable products, non-perishable products. And then, of course, the large uh, manufacturers, large importers, exporters who move a lot of volume around, they can see a lot of benefits out of our um, efficiency that we generate. Wonderful. So you're saving time and money and making people's lives better. I'm curious how long, so for the 
listeners who may not know, how long does a truck driver have before they have to stop and sleep or, or not drive? And then how long do they have to have off? So we have an idea how long cargo is just sitting around. And then that kind of shows your background also in understanding or, or have heard us talk about this before. A truck driver under federal law can drive only 11 hours in a day and work up to 14 hours in a day. And what usually happens is the driver would be able to drive maybe six, seven, eight effective hours during the day. Sometimes is stuck uh, or wasted when the driver is stuck at a loading dock or, you know, unloading or, you know, uh, refueling or, you know. So, so they would have up to nine hours of productive work and they would get stuck at a gas station sleeping because then, you know, they can't go further and in their journey for the day. And then they will pick it up the next day and so on and so forth. So they'll keep doing it. And um, they are working under this framework that has been federally set for their safety and for everyone's safety on the road. But it really impacts the personal lives of, of these folks who are actually bringing everything that we consume to our houses. Yeah. So really, um, if they're allowed to be behind the wheel for 11 hours of the day, that is 13 hours where things are just idling. Wow. Okay. Now I have to know what happens when they get to, they're on their way home and they get to, I don't know, hour 10 and a half and home is an hour away. Do they cheat the system? Can they cheat the system? Do they have to stop there and sleep? What do they do? So before 2017, yes, there was a way to cheat the system. But after 2017, the federal government and, you know, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, a long name, but the acronym is FMCSA, they mandate that, you know, 11 hours is 11 hours. And you, they have an a electronic device plugged in into the vehicle. And that device kind of tracks any time the truck is on and moves. And even if they are a minute away from their home, they still have to stop and they still have to finish rest of the trip the next day after their rest is complete. Oh, that's incredible. Um, what inspired you two to start the company? Why you two? That's a great question. And I, I don't think it's, it's something that naturally comes to us. I, I came to the U.S. in 2010 for a master's program in Florida, in Tampa, and uh, my my discipline, my my I would say my coursework was aligned with transportation, civil engineering, and then also my graduate research research work that I was doing for my professor that was funded by Florida Department of Transportation, focusing on looking at the GPS data from the trucks. Hmm. And uh, I started looking at that. I did analysis for them for a couple of years. And in that analysis on the map of US, I, I saw like, and just for Florida, I saw these bunch of points like GPS coordinates on the map, like just totally close to each other. And that always amused me because I was like, why are, why are the trucks waiting here at this, you know, in the middle of nowhere for 30 hours, 13 hours, 20 hours, whatever, you know, they would do mm -hmm. that. And that always amazed me. And when uh, I started driving around as part of my consulting job after graduation and also working for Tennessee Department of Transportation, I just realized that these things are built into the system. As Tennessee Department of Transportation employee, we would go out and talk to these small companies and 
most of the times what we would approach these companies with would be, you know, to get feedback on what kind of transportation solution these guys need, what kind of roadway needs improvement. And Lamar Avenue in Memphis was a big, (laughs) big uh, decade long endeavor on this. But most of the time, these small companies are just trying to survive on a day-to-day basis. They have such razor-thin margins and they are trying to keep their trucks running while making sure their drivers don't live out, leave out of frustration and, you know, the quality of life. So, so using all that, that kind of naturally aligned, you know, with what I wanted to do. I had a patent on this technology that was, you know, awarded to us in 2018. And, uh, from the technological aspect, the human aspect, we decided to jump full time into this. I jumped first, of course, because I, I was more close to it. But then I uh, asked Demi to kind of assist in because I was just a tech tech guy. <laughs> it was no business. And then Demi comes along and kind of creates a whole structure around it. So Ayush invited me in the first place because... I come from actually the nonprofit world. My undergraduate was in sociology. My graduate work was in um, social work, though, with a focus rather than on clinical, on um, organizational leadership for community development. So after my, well, for I had many years experience working in small nonprofits that were under-resourced, loved my jobs, but always ended up burning out. So... Ayush knew, I just figured I'd continue on in nonprofit, but Ayush uh, knows me well. We met in 2013, got married in 2015. And, you know, in 2017, he, he said, you know, I'd really like some help getting this uh, company started. And you have kind of that organizational mindset. But he knew that the way to bring me in was to have me read a book. That was by uh, a man by the name of Steve Vaselli, who did his graduate, uh, his PhD dissertation on truck drivers. And, and it's really a, a look at like labor studies and the life that they live and kind of the institutions that set things up to work in the way that they do. And that really, you know, he, he had a mind for the social impact that, that could be created with this innovation. And he knew that that would really be kind of the driver for me too. So that's how I got into it. And um, little did I know that so many skills from working in a small under resourced nonprofit are transferable to starting up your own company. <laughs> and and it's not like, it's not like I knew that beforehand. It right. just fit nicely. Mm-hmm. With that. <laughs> Absolutely. I can uh, probably make a whole list of those. Uh, well, you two have been really crazy successful at uh, attracting non-dilutive funding. The number of grants and three-lettered agencies or, or other number-lettered agencies uh, that y'all have behind you are, are really astounding. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've lost count. So <laughs> will you share how much grant funding y'all have been able to aggregate so far? And then talk perhaps about a couple of the, the most important ones, you know, who they're from and what you're doing with those grants. Sure. So in total, we've got about one point upwards of a million in grant funding thus far, I would say. So we've had a phase one. So we these have mostly been small business innovation research awards through federal agencies. Uh, so that would be uh, we've had a phase one and a phase two through the U.S. Department of Agriculture. 
who has been really interested in the potential impact that we can have on economic development for rural communities if we place our uh, relay switching locations in rural communities. We have a phase one uh, Department of Energy SBIR, and they're very excited about the aspect of this that has to do with both they're interested in equitable energy innovation, you know, distribution to folks, have folks who aren't traditionally invited into these sorts of conversations involved, but are really interested in the opportunities we can create for reducing greenhouse gas emissions, increasing the productivity with the fuel that that trucking uses, and in the short term, but also transitioning to green fleets in the future. So if you take out that 13 hours of idling time when you're keeping the driver warm by uh, idling the engine or or uh, <laughs> or uh, keeping them warm in the winter or cold in the uh, cool in the summer, then you're removing uh, you're removing an hour of gasoline or diesel burn per hour and uh, reducing those emissions in the long run. The same if we position, say, these drivers in their they're allowed 11 hours of drive time. So if they drive, say, four to five hours to the relay switching place, swap trailers with somebody going the opposite direction and go back home at the end of the day, they can also swap out a tractor, an electric or hydrogen Hmm. fuel cell or other kind of charging technology at that location and take a fully charged um, tractor back to their home location. So this is a way today, long haul, uh, excuse me, electric uh, vehicles are only used and marketed for short distances because it just doesn't make sense to have to stop and wait for them to charge in long haul. But with Relay, we could actually make it make sense. So the Department of Energy is really interested in that. And then the National Science Foundation has funded a, a very technical machine learning study that we are working on. I just also would like to plug Arkansas Economic Development Commission has uh, wonderfully uh, granted us two SBIR matching grants, one for our phase one USDA and one for our phase two, or sorry, phase one DOE. Wonderful. Yeah, we've got some wonderful uh, opportunities here in the state with SBIR matching. And And I want to, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to add to that, but... um, yeah, you can finish with that. Oh, I was just going to say, like every state with those programs, we need to expand it vastly. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think uh, from our perspective, uh, where we are location-wise, this is not a traditional venture capital hub mm-hmm. where we are. So we we did try to, you know, see if we can find and locate, you know, they're limited, of course, you know, in that aspect. So. That was one of the reasons to also kind of go after these grants, which are available. Uh, and then they were non-dilutive, which is just cherry on the guitar. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anytime you can take money and it doesn't take equity from the company, mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much of the time. <laughs> That's a great thing. Did you tap into resources here locally in, in Northwest Arkansas? particularly in helping you write the grant or, you know, uh, folks to, I guess, give you sponsorship letters and so on? Oh, absolutely. So, yes, Um, in terms of support in writing the grant, we had wonderful support team, both through the Arkansas Small Business um, uh, Technology Development Center Mm -hmm. with Rebecca Todd, who just left. We miss her. 
and Catherine Corley, who is also amazing. And then, um, and through TTAG from the AEDC, we're able to um, bring on um, Dan Sir from Independent Platform to support. We also have had wonderful support from um, Startup Junkies, Science Venture Studio, oh, yeah. and uh, Katie and, and her team. Um, so yeah, we've been very lucky to benefit from those programs. Yeah, and, and um, in terms of connections to the people who wrote us letters of support, that was a lot through the local effort, through our connections with Fuel and other people we have run into in in the um, uh, startup circles. So those are just mm-hmm. you know, very valuable connections. Yeah, it's a super supportive ecosystem, isn't mm-hmm. it? You've had other successes along the way. <laughs> uh, you were one of, a freight Relay was one of six companies, uh, I think, that Tyson Ventures selected for mentoring and other partner opportunities. And if there's anybody in the audience out there who doesn't know, it's not local, uh, Tyson Foods is one of our uh, three Fortune 500s located here in Northwest Arkansas. What's that program with Tyson Ventures all about? Yeah, so that is, and, and we, are, we are, you know, still moving along in that process, but they invite uh, Tyson Foods investment arm, Tyson Ventures, invites, com- uh, sends out this invite all across the world for all the companies that fit whatever vertical they want to uh, they want to explore in their business model they would invite these companies they would pitch to their leadership team i think we went through two or three rounds of this the first round was a big round and then they had i think 20 selected after that or 10 selected after that and out of that then they further selected only six and the the idea is that or at least the, the the cohort that we are part of. The focus of that was to meet Tyson's ESG goals. And uh, we, um, based on our DOE work that we are already doing, fit the bill because Tyson moves a lot of meat products across mm-hmm. the country. If you look at Tyson's manufacturing locations, they are mostly located in the middle of America. And a lot of people in the coastal sites, a lot of stuff moves daily. And uh, most of that stuff is perishable, so moves via trucks. And uh, if we can reduce emissions on that, that is a direct impact for them in terms of reducing emissions per pound of meat sold. And that's how we fit in in that model. And um, just in case listeners aren't familiar, the ESG goals are um, environmental sustainability goals. So um, that's really what they ask uh, applicants to this program to come with them with ideas that will help them further their mission there. Yeah, and, and they have reopened a call, I think. I'm, I don't know if, the, if this episode will come out in time for that, but uh, they are, I think, doing an upcycling call for this this particular cohort that they are doing this year. So, Oh, that's great. And I may have said a moment ago that Tyson Ventures is a Fortune 500 company. That would not be correct. It would be Tyson Foods. Tyson Ventures is, of course, their venture arm. So uh, any other achievements I miss? I mean, I know I used that uh, you're now a member of the uh, Forbes Business Council. So congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Any other big like things to announce in the past few months? Um, I used to been part of the um, IIT startups um, cohort. I don't you know if you want to say anything about yeah. IIT. Yeah. So uh so IITs are uh, the university system I belong to in India. That's how I came up, you know, in that uh, technology space. They 
you know, all, all the major, <laughs> a lot of major companies have CEOs that are Indian and they're the common thread behind that would be that IIT, uh, they are from that college graduates. So that they have uh, an annual cohort of startups that they do uh, through Pan IIT, which is all over the world organization. And uh, we are part of that this year. In addition to that, we, well, I was invited to join the board of um, Arkansas Asian Businesses, yeah. uh, which is a, a trade organization. And they also are opening or starting a nonprofit organization. But the idea is to promote kind of commerce between Asia and um, Arkansas and, you know, having the business leaders who are here and have connections in Asia to kind of, you know, um, connect with the local business leaders here and in Asia you know, together. So that's kind of what we are focused on in that aspect. And that's very exciting work. I've never been part of such an organization and uh, it's really interesting to learn how such organizations operate. Yeah, you bet. That's, that's very cool. Uh, Bentonville Economic Development joined AAB last year. In fact, I just realized the last time you and I physically saw each other was uh, we were hosting a Chinese delegation uh, mm -hmm. for dinner. Yeah, that's uh, true. Here. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Through AAB. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Bentonville. I mean, what's the history with Freight Relay in Bentonville? How did you find out about this place and why did you relocate here? Yeah, so we started out in 2018 in Memphis, and that's where we were. We we were trying to see if our relay model will work for the trucking folks there because, you know, uh, Memphis also has a lot of trucking activity. But mm -hmm. we realized that with the drage model where they have intermodal component, where trains are part of the equation, it's hard to compete with trains in terms of cost. So uh, we were looking for some other place to... Uh, you know, plant a flag. And then we actually met Edwin when he mm -hmm. was in in Memphis for an event. I think it was the startup start of, of the year. year. Yeah, startup exactly. of the event. And that's where <laughs> yeah. we met him. And then he went on and on about like the fuel program in Arkansas. And we were like, great, yeah. So then we reached out to Taylor, who was at the time managing the fuel program and said, hey, we have heard about this program. And, you know, uh, what do you guys think? Do we fit the bill? Because they are they were doing AI stuff and we had thought about that, but we hadn't implemented that yet. So Taylor said, hey, come on over for a, for like a fest or something here. It, it was actually the the tech summit. Tech summit. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So we came for that tech summit and then we said, well, this is an awesome place. And especially, you know, in, in terms of trucking, it's just a lot of trucking activity. So we said, yeah, this makes sense. So we applied for fuel, got in, and we just moved everything here. We were actually just, <laughs> we have moved so much. I think we had a permanent storage unit yeah. <laughs> everywhere we had, go went and we had some of our stuff was in this storage unit, someone there. Well, we, we had an idea, you know, coming to the tech summit, meeting Edwin Ortiz, who was from Rejoicey, as I'm mm -hmm. sure many of our listeners know, we we had a feeling that Bentonville could be the place for us. So we did. We gave up our lease in Memphis said if, you know, when we either we come back and we, you know, just relocate or we or we um, come to Bentonville. Once we got here, we knew this was the place for us. Yeah. So we emptied our apartment there, moved everything in the storage unit, took some basic stuff. And we also have a daughter. So she's four year old. So we picked her <laughs> some stuff and just moved here. That's so cool. Well, uh, you know, you got into fuel. They run 
two accelerators. Uh, you may be aware that they just launched a second one. They have an artificial intelligence machine learning accelerator and just launched a health tech accelerator. And by the time this episode airs, that first cohort of Accelerator will be in session. And for those, well, let me talk about Fuel real quick and what their differentiator is, because there are many accelerators out there. And the differentiator for Fuel really is, while other accelerators focus, I'll call it on VC coaching, they focus on operational value training. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, I think on the Industrial side, yes. And then with how the VC market is going, I think definitely learning about the customer is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, specifically the match seed and uh, growth stage startups with key enterprises, a number mm-hmm. of which we yeah. have here in the region so that they can accelerate the adoption of your technology. What's your pitch to other founders who may be considering uh, fuel? Why should they do it? I think um, they have to evaluate what, what works for them. Mm -hmm. From our perspective, we looked at what kind of business we are in, where our customers are, and and both of them align perfectly with Arkansas. Now, if you're trying to do like a a food thing or where you need a lot of people, maybe fuel is not the thing for you because, you know, fuel focuses on AI and and this kind of stuff. So I would would definitely say that if, if your product or business fits the needs of large enterprises, then, you know, Fuel has those connections and can introduce you to those enterprises. If you are, a, you know, a B2C company trying to product test in the consumer market, it will be tough here because it's a different setup. So that's how I would kind of lay that yeah. out. And I would say that a big selling point for Fuel too is um, Tom Douglas, who is the director of that program. Uh, he's fantastic and has been sitting in the, in the chair at the enterprise. And so gives really great, frank, um, mm-hmm. excellent perspective and um, is a mentor of ours. We're, we're really lucky to, to have um, kept a relationship. We now engage him as an advisor. That's great. To yeah, company. Tom's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And I'm glad you called out that that, uh, you know, if you're B2C, maybe it's not the right place. But there's other accelerators we have yeah. that folks could go through. Exactly. And I, I've run accelerators and or helped run accelerators. And it always amazed me how many applications we got from folks that weren't in the sector, weren't the type of companies that we publicized that we were looking for. So, you know, if you're a startup and you're applying for accelerators, don't waste your time with those because you won't, you won't even get past the beginning of the application process. It'll get dumped by somebody like me the instant they see it and nobody else will ever get to see it. So don't waste your time with that. Focus on the ones that can help you most. Did y'all have, um, or I guess I'll ask a different question. What what did you expect, you know, when you thought Bentonville, I'm going to go check it out. What, what did you expect that you were getting into? I mean, you'd gotten into fuel, but what did you expect you were getting into in Bentonville? And then what was reality? I think uh, never having heard of Bentonville before. Moving here, I think what we thought was just, you know, like any regular, you know, small town that you drive through Mm -hmm. when you are, you know, on an interstate and you take an exit and you go for refueling and you're like, oh, there's a town here and people live here. (laughs) That's what we thought coming in. And then we, uh, we, you know, started looking and, you know, uh, exploring and finding things. And we were like, oh, there are Indian restaurants there. There are Indian grocery stores there. And I know, you know, that's a... Thing, but considering that uh, 
Indian people make such small number or such a small percent of the population, having these many stores here, you know, looks like a lot of different kinds of people live in the area. And I was just talking about Indian perspective, they're Asian there. So this, at least uh, remotely, looked like a melting pot of a lot of people and a lot of uh, things, you know, coming together. And uh, when we moved here, we were like, wow, this is, you know, perfect. From from my perspective, I, I come from a very small town in India, you know, and mm-hmm. everyone knew everyone. So this has that kind of feel compared to like, I've lived in DC, Denver, you know, some big cities in Florida, and uh, they're just, you know, too big for from what I'm not used to. And this is kind of that ideal setting. Mm-hmm. I would say too, let's see, I had a thought, but it, it's kind of evaporated. But but I, is to the part of like, we hadn't heard of Bentonville previously. We just are less familiar. I'm from Colorado um, and uh, just have spent less time in this part of the country. But once we got here and just were so surprised at like, you know, why hadn't we heard of this place before? Because my half of the men in my family are avid mountain bikers. Mm. And this is like mountain biking capital. Not me. It, not, he's not part of the half. But then also when we go back to like uh, visit his family and see friends there and we're surprised here that they knew about Bentonville. (laughs) They call it Bentonville because uh, a lot of our friends work in tech in India and they have contracts with Walmart or, you know, so so they actually some of them, you know, have worked with uh, companies here. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? It's it's funny how small the world is in, mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Yeah. yeah, Demi, I mean, so Denver, I lived in Denver for a while. I could go into my store while I'm, while I'm here instead of Denver, but what, why, why here? I mean, I know when I first came here, y'all were sort of, you were in a period where you were considering going to Denver. Uh, you were still kind of in flux. Why did y'all choose here over Denver? Well, you know, once we, of course, like my heart is in Denver with my family mm-hmm. for and friends there. But my, you know, Bentonville has grown a place in my heart. This is a place where we, you know, once we came here and we saw what kind of opportunities, like that this might be the right kind of place to grow our company. It's, you know, that uh, there's trucking, trucking out West is a little different. There's, you know, the cities are stretched out further between each other. And so being close to this Dallas-Chicago route and, there's a lot more dense trucking activity happening on the eastern side of the country than on the western side. Not to say there isn't anything over there, but this is a better place to start our company and to and to grow and to have our headquarters. And the thing is that there are fantastic flights between um, XNA and Denver. Even yeah, Frontier has amazing deals. So once I learned that, it was like, well, there's you know, there's no question. Yeah, I, yeah. We, I mean, we have a couple of different airlines servicing mm-hmm. uh, Denver. So yeah. yeah, I've been on those flights. It's fantastic. Now we knew each other in Memphis, and you were in Fuel, and at the time you were in another program in Memphis where I was part of the program teaching folks how to sell business to business. And uh, funny thing, while y'all were in that program, I was interviewing <laughs> for this role in economic development that I'm in here in uh, Bentonville. And I couldn't tell you at that time. So I am thrilled that we all landed here. I used Demi, this is, you know, how else has this community embraced freight relay and helped you build your company 
Are there other resources you've been able to tap into? You named some earlier. I think uh, from, so, so you know, as, as a working couple, there is, of course, the business side of our life, which we have mm. touched, right? You know, the, the people in the community have been very helpful, you know, in, in getting connected to the right folks here. And if they don't know folks, they would just say, yeah, I don't know, and go find it yourself. <laughs> like just, you know, yes or no are both great answers. Ambiguity is a big problem. But on our personal life too, we have a daughter, we have a house here, we are, you know, we are, we are living in the community and that is also phenomenal. The people are just amazing. And I've lived in big cities and maybe it's just that, you know, set up because I've been, if you start with 2010, I've been in the U.S. for 13 <laughs> years now. So um, this, I feel like is more, I feel more friendly people or, or at least, you know, that's the experience that I've had compared to. Denver was nice, but I, I lived in East Coast, which I would say, you know, I feel like this is more, or, or I feel better in this kind of setting. Very cool. Well, I've played a game of Bentonville favorites with a lot of guests. I don't think I've ever had a married couple on the show. So let's see if I can start a marital spat. Oh, <laughs> we have very different tastes and choices, so it will be. Yeah. Good. We're about to find yeah. out. I mean, marital spats are really great for ratings, right? <laughs> Jerry, wait, no, that's a different show. Um, I'll name a topic. You tell me your favorites. Both of you just blurt out answers. We'll see where your differences are. Mm -hmm. Favorite Bentonville restaurants? Uh, Johnny Brusco's for me. Oh, okay. And I would say blue. Um, I love fish and sushi. It's, I, we can't go there every day, but it's a wonderful a wonderful treat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent choice. Very near our office. Favorite Northwest Arkansas non Bentonville restaurants? I always go to the chilies that is in Rogers. <laughs> I really like them. It, I know it's a, it's a chain and but I really like them. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh and I would say lately we've been going to, I would say we hadn't been to a lot of uh, restaurants, especially because like a month and a half after we first moved here, COVID broke out. So, <laughs> yeah. <there's> um, <laughs> and then we're also parents of a four-year-old. So, yeah. but uh, wh where we have been going lately has been um, China Cafe. I've been missing my roots and just there's some dishes there that I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they are a pretty me. good like Szechuan restaurant, which, oh, really? is, which is rare to find like a good one. And that one is pretty good. Where are they located? I, I haven't tried that. Uh, uh, they're near that... Uh, Russell knife thing? No, near oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in Rogers. In Rogers, uh, around. Uh, I don't know. Just search. Uh, <laughs> I, I can find it. <laughs> I can find it. Favorite place to even with a four-year-old. I mean, mm -hmm. we have a two and a half year old, mm -hmm. so I totally understand. Yeah. But, but if you have an answer, favorite place to get away in the Ozarks on a weekend. Well, we haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that, but we would uh, usually end up at the at the movie theater that is on A. You talking okay, non Ozark? Skylight. We did go. Yeah, to, yeah. Oh, are you talking about like outdoorsy yeah, stuff? Yeah. Outdoorsy, said time to get away in. Oh, yeah. in the Ozark. Yeah, I. Yeah. We one time. I, I'm went, not an outdoorsy person. Fair per enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I hasn't been very far afield, so I do like outdoorsy, um, or I like hiking. Okay. Um, but I would say that right now, with kind of all the responsibilities, probably the farthest that I'm going is to um, Osage Park. <laughs> <laughs> and, and since we have been married, we have been on two hikes. One was the first time we met. So we were like both trying to impress each other to, you know, we both had outdoors. Oh, yeah. And second time I went on a hike, I broke my ankle. So that's yeah. it. 
Maybe then, you shouldn't go hiking. Yeah, yeah. I go by myself now. <laughs> I love going to Osage Park and yeah. hiking around the boardwalk through yeah. the, the marshland and mm-hmm. hopefully encountering the beavers and, and so on. So Bella Vista is not far for some I nice I need hike. to get up there. See, if that, I see yeah. something like that, I'll run away. Like, that's so scary for me. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> A wild animal. Oh my God, run. We have a little hamster and that's it. <laughs> you find, it might find something more than a beaver in, in Bella Vista, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bella Vista's got, you know, these waterfalls and these hidden places that before we started building trails, they were really inaccessible. Mm. The general public couldn't get to them because yeah. they didn't know about them. Although yeah. people in Bella Vista would know how to, you yeah, know, get yeah. through the woods and through the hills mm. to that. Favorite Bentonville date night. Uh, well, I mean, I, I really do. Uh, we have dead days now, which is yeah, fair enough. It's, yeah. Uh, and uh, we, I mean, I'll say probably the most frequent is Skylight Theater. Yeah, Skylight Theater. Yeah. That's a, it's a nice close by. We just show up there and. Yeah. And it's a wonderful place. And, yeah. And we, I think we recently went to uh, Theater Square. Oh, yeah. In, in Fayetteville. Oh, yeah. It's just that. Commute is an hour. That's the main issue. But we checked out that minutes, yeah. um, um, show, Kim's Convenience. Which is yeah, pretty good. Yeah. We just went to that recently, and you oh. drive slower than I do. It's 30 yeah, minutes. He must mean like an <laughs> hour two ways. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to that recently, and it's funny because we go to Skylight pretty often, too. Yeah. One of these days are going to run into each other doing yeah. these things. Favorite things about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas in general? I, I like the compactness. Like I can go from one end of the town to another in one hour and that's it. That's all I need to know about. <laughs> His time frames are a little off. <laughs> I know. Well, I, if you consider Northwest Arkansas the town. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's the way I think about it. I talk to people, I think this place is right. Northwest Arkansas is the city and yeah. the, the, the towns are really the neighborhood. So mm-hmm. you can bring your business here and put it in whatever zip code is yeah. right for the business. And then your employees can live in the zip codes mm, that they choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the part of, that I really like because uh, like Fayetteville is nice, small town, more like, well, I was young once and, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a young town compared to them moving. Yeah. <laughs> and then moving uh, north. I, I haven't spent a lot of time in Springdale and uh, around, but of course, Bentonville is there. Rogers also is pretty nice. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. The, the whole that lake area. And oh, yeah. I, I really appreciate just like the trail system. And yeah, I really do need to explore more of it. But uh, there is so much stuff here. And and being able to take Anya to, you know, the Children's Museum. Oh, and yeah. The, and the, oh, that uh, is so good. The Crystal Bridges. Crystal Bridges. And uh, also the, what is that? Amazium. Amazium. It's that's, a Children's Museum. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, we love the Amazium. We have yeah. a membership there. So yeah, us too. Us too. <laughs> us too. My son a lot on Sundays, at least a couple of times a month. That's a good time for it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. Before we start running out of time here. Oh, one more favorite. One more favorite thing in, in Bentonville, except that it's favorite thing about each other. <laughs> oh, that's tough. We've been married too long. <laughs> yeah, but No, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Ayush is very thoughtful. He is. And he, I'll say one of the um, things that I really appreciate about uh, him as a business partner is we do do things really differently and we have different thinking processes. He balances me out. And I'll say too, that uh, if it weren't for him, I would be so much more of, I, I tend towards being a workaholic. He brings balance, reminds me to eat, uh, 
so that I do eat breakfast and lunch because of Ayush. And he just uh, overall really takes care of me as a business partner and also as a life partner. Wow. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have nice things to say here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I really like, um, Demi is pretty organized in terms of, you know, defining the bounding box of things, conditions, situations, and, you know, helping us kind of keeping that so we don't overextend. I think that's that's something that I have never mastered or never can master. So that is one of the skills that I really like. And in terms of business, I feel like I'm more like a otter or a beaver. <laughs> so that's where, you know, like you have a dam and you just always keep an eye out or ear out for like where mm-hmm. the leak is starting. And that's kind of how I am. Like, oh, Demi is getting burnt out. So got to bring that down, like stress levels and things like that. So, Well, that's cool. That's a, that's a good combo. All right. Before we transition into the last segment of the show, tell me a story. Tell me a hashtag because Bentonville story, something that happened here where you go, you know, in that moment that this could only happen here or maybe it describes the essence of this place. I would say like, you know, meeting with Tyson, like, you know, that that won't happen outside of here, I'm pretty sure. Or at least we're with the stage that our company is and I don't think we would get direct audience with them, but that at least from the business perspective. Right? It is a shortcut to these larger yeah. companies yeah. here, yes. I mean, you just have no chance of, of oh, yeah. getting anyone on the phone with a cold call, whatever. It's the connections that really are needed and Bentonville has been very welcoming and supportive um, of helping try to facilitate as many of those as possible. Very cool. Okay, as we start wrapping up. Demi, what's a question I should ask Ayush that I wouldn't necessarily know to ask? I think that you uh, should ask him what his pet rabbit's name was. <laughs> what's your pet rabbit's name? <laughs> I, I had one, and uh, then my stupid brother ate it. <laughs> no, he oh, had asthma, so... As my mom gave away my rabbit. To someone who sad. probably ate it. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like you're still not over that. Yeah, I, I had understand. Like, I had like drawn both our names with a heart in the middle, which is sad. But you know, I was like, <laughs> I was maybe five or six. So. <laughs> I understand. Well, we're going to flip the script now. Uh, you're supposed to ah, question that's... that uh, I should ask Demi that I wouldn't know to ask. Demi is very, very artsy, very creative, like. You should ask her about that. You know, she is just phenomenal in terms of things she can create. Cool. That, you know, your Etsy people will be in shame. <laughs> what do you like creating? It, uh, so many different things. I really like fibers, a lot of stuff that involves fabric or papers and collages. But um, but I like experimenting. I feel like I never, there's many, there are a few things that I'll do multiple times and kind of like master more, but. So much is like experimenting and so more of a learning process. Have you thought about a side business, Etsy side business? He tries to encourage me to do that. (laughs) It sounds like fun, but I know it would just become one more thing to do. Yeah, her (laughs) and her mom are both, you know, very creative on on that aspect. And I suck, like I can't even draw a stick figure. (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand that. We have somebody coming on the show in the next few weeks who's one of the top sellers on on Etsy oh, and wow. her story kind of starts as just something that she was doing and she was looking for something to do and mm-hmm. her friends and family encouraged her to start uh, an Etsy 
account and I'll let her tell the rest that's, that's for awesome. when she's on. Oh yeah. No, Etsy, yeah. yeah, we we love Etsy in terms of the creative stuff. Giving there, gifts so. is a wonderful place to do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, two final questions. If somebody wants to know more about you two or more about Freight Relay, I was going to say Truckish, your prior company <laughs> name. Uh, so you may find Truckish out there. It's now Freight Relay. If they want to know more about you or Freight Relay, how do they do that? I would say that uh, probably the best way would be to shoot us an email at hello at freightrelay.com. That's uh, Freight Relay is spelled F-R, the number eight, relay as in R-E-L-A-Y.com. But you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and our website. Yeah, and I can say the same thing in Hindi if you want. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear that. We haven't had anybody say anything in Hindi on the show. So yes, please do. Yeah, sure. So this is the same thing in Hindi or approximately the same thing that uh, Online, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, we can find our company is Freight Relay, F-R number 8, R-E-L-A-Y dot com. And LinkedIn is the same, Facebook is the same, and Twitter is the same. And if you want to email us directly, then you can hello at freightrelay.com. Awesome. Nice job. <laughs> Last question. This may be a stumper. What should I have asked you that I did not ask? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you asked a lot of questions. I awesome. Have. Then I'll ask this. What's yeah. next for Freight Relay? Well, next is exciting. We are that that part I can definitely talk about. Excellent. So we are currently, well, Demi is leading the Department of Energy project that we are working on. We are uh, working with two small rural towns in in U.S. One is based in Oklahoma called Shoto, Mm -hmm. which is just south of Pryor, the Mid-America Industrial Park. And then another town we are working with is Pinta, Arizona, which is a a Navajo nation Mm -hmm. uh, town. And then, so that's just that one project. And then on top of that, we are working on pilots with uh, um, our partners here in, in Arkansas, and we are hoping to deploy a relay trucking pilot, hopefully by the end of this year or early next year, depending on where we are and, you know, if we are able to reach our negotiations. But yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. Stay tuned to our um, uh, LinkedIn page. That's where we are most active in terms of sharing the project information. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to email us or uh, call us too. I think you can also search us on uh, Google. So. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. I'm thrilled for the progress that you have made and that we've been able to, about the same time, make this move to uh, Bentonville and and everything that's happened here. Um, So thank you all. I'm going to say on behalf of truckers, thank you all for how you're changing their lives, how you're changing consumers' lives by getting things faster. Um, Gosh, I, I wish that would have been a thing like right in the middle of the pandemic. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we can get the product to begin with. So it would have helped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, you know, really you're reducing the cost and speed of getting things uh, to consumers. And so that helps benefit everybody's economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you all for the work that you do. And thank you to the uh, Bentonville Beacon podcast audience. Really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us. Please share this episode with uh, your friends and colleagues, however you might 
do on email or uh, social media and come back to hear more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, this place where you can get more of what you want and less of what you don't. As always, visit BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com to see all of our podcasts, episodes, or check out your uh, favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.